Yoko, first of all, let me just thank you again for this wonderful gift to the museum, which is the Wish Tree for Washington, D.C. Great. Which is in our garden, and it's there now, and it already, I walked down just now, and I think it has about 50 wishes on it already. Really? Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. And, and while I was there, uh, there were people writing the wishes and hanging them up on the tree, and also holding up the Imagine Peace poster, oh, and beautiful. getting their photograph taken in front of the tree. So it's a big success, I think, yeah, it's already. it's a coupling of Imagine Peace and, and the Wistry, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, very nice together, mm -hmm. and I think very appropriate, and we're so happy to have a Yoko Ono in the collection thank now. You. So thank you, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, where did the idea for the wish tree come from? You've been making them since the mid-90s, I believe. Yes. And what inspired you to create wish trees? Well, you see, just like any artwork that I do, it's out of desperation of my life, so to speak. And, you know, I really feel that uh, without uh, creating my work, I could never have survived. In other words, it's a survival kit in a way for mm -hmm. me to think about a piece and that way, you know, that piece will take me to the next step or something like that, and it's very good. But of course, uh, it uh, belongs to the, the memory I have of my childhood when I used to go to um, temples and shrines, and, and they used to have, uh, you go into the temple and they have this thing that you can buy for $10 or something ah. like that. What, a dime was it maybe? Uh, yes. 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 And, uh, and it says, uh, uh, your love will be uh, uh, given again, or, or, or and your life will be uh, long, and your health be all right, or something like that. It's just yes. set things, and then you just put that and twist it and and put it on the branch of the bush. Yes, and that's what they do. And that way you think, okay, I'm going to have love, and I'm going to have um, health, and I'm going to have a great life, or something like that. But um, I thought, well. I'd like to make a tree where people can all come and put their wishes on, but those wishes are something that comes from their heart. Yes. You know? Mm -hmm. And so that uh, I started doing this, and sure enough, this is my hit song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I remember uh, when we did uh, a show of yours in Oxford, we had a wish tree, and it was covered oh, with wishes. Oh, that's great. Wonderful, yeah, wonderful, yeah, wonderful yeah. wishes. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and now tell me, what happens to the wishes? Once the tree gets filled, we will be taking the wishes off uh, when there's no more room. And you keeping for me, please. Yes. The thing is, it's very interesting because uh, somebody was uh, sort of with angry voice saying, so what are you going to do about these wishes? You're mm. not going to discard them, are you? So then, right. Of course I wasn't going to discard them. And I was keeping all these wishes. I respect the people's wishes very much, so I didn't even want to pry into it, read it or anything like that. So anyway, we have these wishes. And I was thinking, yes, she's right. And what am I going to do about it? You know, well, I'm keeping them. So I thought, okay, we'll uh, build a tower and put all the wishes in there so that there will be a very strong tower wishes. Yes. And that's what I did. I, well, I am in the process of doing it. Right. In Iceland, mm -hmm. there's going to be a, a tower called Imagine Peace Tower. It's going to be built there. Mm -hmm. We're in the process of building it now. And uh, hopefully that uh, in John's birthday this year, October 9th, ah. it'll be completed and we can all see it. It'll be beautiful. Oh. But then the wishes will be there's a little sort of um, underground, uh, not little, underground 
room where all the wishes will be preserved. But that's not enough. I really think that one day we have to find a way of um, creating a very strong time capsule mm-hmm. and put it put all of them in there. And I'm hoping that maybe in 50 years or 100 years, mm-hmm. people will think of opening it up and read them and think, oh, these are the people 100 years ago, these people thinking about this. Right. And in result of that, we're here. Yes. And it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. Bec- so because of the wishes, yes, then it allowed us to survive and yes, move into exactly, the future. You know, yes. And we're doing this for ourselves, but also our offsprings as well. Yes, absolutely. Tell me about Reykjavik and yes. Iceland, and was there any particular reason for locating it in Iceland? Because it's the northernmost uh, country mm-hmm. on the map. Mm-hmm. And you see, when you're in the center, people come to you but it's very difficult for you to communicate with the, the whole world. Yes. Because for that, it's a simple geometrical thing. You're like this dot here, and then to communicate with all different directions, you have to exert so much energy. Yeah. And you can't because their energy is coming to you before <laughs> you yes. could exert energy. But in the northernmost, people don't really send the, their energy so much to the northernmost country. But the northernmost country can send a message right down out to all over the world, and so uh, in that sense, geometrically, it's a very, very good position. But also, I found out that Iceland is a very, very interesting country. Um, first of all, their main energy, eighty percent of their main, well, eighty percent energy. Uh, is uh, they're using geothermal energy rather than oil. Hmm. Well, that's very interesting. And it's very interesting because when you go there, and they were actually not even using oil, they were using coal or something. Uh-huh. And the whole place was really served and dirty, and hmm. it was just a terrible country. And then at one point, they decided, no, we're not going to do this. We're going to use geothermal energy. Mm-hmm. And every household is getting three different energy geothermal energy. One is hmm. for heating, one is for electricity, and one is for cooking or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Mm-hmm. And so um, from then on, I think that the country became so beautiful. When you go there, there's no pollution. Beautiful. The water is beautiful, of course, clean. And also the earth is clean and air is clean. Oh. And so, so when you go there for like 10 days or something, you really feel like you... Rejuvenated. Rejuvenated, totally. Mm. And so I'm hoping that instead of um, all these beautiful countries... Well, one one day I'm sure that each country was just as beautiful. Mm. But then, you know, some sort of corporations um, feeling that they have to really conquer these countries that are beautiful, they come in and then ruin it. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that all countries will actually become more healed, you know, the, we, we would go through the healing process by copying this, um, this Iceland, the country called Iceland. Good. Well, it'll be beautiful to see the tower. When, how tall is the tower? 
Well, it's about, you know, I live on the seventh floor. Yes. So, supposed to be about that, that height. About that height. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. And it may open, if, if possible, on yes, John I'm Lennon's hoping, birthday. Yes, I'm hoping, yes. Very interesting. The cherry trees that we you've used here in Washington for most of the of the wish trees in Washington, ours is actually a Japanese dogwood that yes, remain permanent. It'll yeah. be beautiful. It'll bloom real soon. But the cherry trees, they're... Uh, an extension, in a way, of the cherry trees that were a gift from Japan to the United States in 1912. And I was wondering if you, um, first of all, I was wondering how you feel about being Japanese, American, <laughs> or, or what nationality do you feel? And if there's some relationship that you want to make between Japan and the United States by doing this, this well, piece. Well, you know, it's, it's <clears throat> very interesting that um, I became something of uh, a strange, so I, I, I was starting to have a strange role that I wasn't expecting, that I was starting to bridge two cultures and, and bridge two countries and that sort of thing that was starting to happen, and even bridge two music uh, uh, poems. Mm -hmm. And etc. And it's just a very interesting thing that happened. I wasn't trying to do it, but it mm -hmm. just happened that way. And uh, with the, the cherry blossom, I just have to tell you, uh, the uh, the first experience I had about it was, of course, you know, cherry cherries are uh, national uh, flower, and uh, well, chrysanthemum is supposed to be the the formal national flower, uh -huh. but, but everyone thinks of cherry trees. And when when it uh, whenever the cherry blossoms you know, in the April around then, we do thing called um, uh, hanami. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. This. You know, a Japanese uh, tradition is very connected with poetry in a way. Mm -hmm. And hanami is to view the, view meaning experience, I suppose, but uh, view flowers. Tsukimi means to view uh, moon. Yukimi means to view snow. And these are all sort of like a, a, a set thing that we do. When the, you see the snow, then you invite everybody, and then we mm. see the snow. And in Hanami time, we invite our friends and family, and we all go to the park, and they have, you know, sake and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. and just have a picnic. Yes. And that's the tradition. Well, of course, I never went to those picnics, but I know that. And um, um, my mother was telling me that so, um, we did give, or we are giving. I mean, I think there was constant sort of giving additional ones, probably. Yes. Um, cherry trees to Washington. Yes. And I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. And the reason why I thought it was so beautiful, well, because being Japanese and our trees are going there. It's a beautiful feeling. But uh, we were in war, at war, you know, but mm -hmm. the, you didn't destroy them. Right. You didn't destroy, oh, these are the enemy trees or something. Yes. And the reason is because, you know, it has its own beautiful vibration. Yeah, nature, how could you destroy nature. something No, you so can't beautiful. do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it survived, and, also, and, and likewise our relationship survived. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a very strong thing to do, trees. Trees have mm -hmm. its own sort of magical power. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was curious about, you were mentioning nature, and in Japan you have a day where you actually go out and look at the flowers or I the know. snow. Um, nature's together, very, together's to, the important uh, thing. Uh, and, and it's and it, together with family. Um, uh, nature, in, in some way, 
people don't talk much about nature in your work, but it seems to me that nature plays uh, a, a lot part. Of a lot, a very, lot. very strong part of it. Um, even time, you know, time is a very interesting mm -hmm. thing. So um, I have many um, instructions of time, how to mm -hmm. time things, so forget about time or whatever. Yes. And also, uh, many you know, many pieces of snow. I think. Uh -huh, yes. And I remember one of the very first compositions because you started as a composer. Yes, I know. Was this beautiful composition that I've seen reproduced? Oh, the birds, yeah. Yes, which is I think it's a, in the bass clef. It's an F. Yes. And <laughs> uh, in the treble clef, it's basically to uh, get up at 5 a.m. and from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. I think it is simply listen to the birds, which become part of the piece. Yes, yes. Which is very beautiful. Oh, you like that? Well, anyway, that that was because um, I was um, I I was with the tradition of uh, well, most composers, you know, how to notate things and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, just whenever you think of uh, writing a song, you would just do the notations. Right? Mm -hmm. But then the notations were getting very complex, and I just with birds it was tough. <laughs> with the bird, when I was listening to the bird, because you see, um, the one of the homeworks that um, we had when I was um, in this early musical education school, like when I was four or five or something, yeah. in Japan. And it's very interesting that um, they told me that I should listen to all the noise and the sounds of that day hmm. and, and transpose that into musical notes. Wow. And so automatically when I'm listening, the car going, ah, uh, or something, I say, oh, that's for F, you know, or yes, whatever. Yeah. But the thing is, when I was listening to the birds singing, it was beautiful, beautiful chorus and orchestra of birds singing, and I thought, well, this is too complex. I can't, <laughs> I can't transpose into notation because I just don't have the power to. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, you know, I'll do it this way. <laughs> yeah, let the birds and actually was, participate yes, as yes, part of the orchestra. Great, yeah. But of course, you know, there was. Um, uh, music concrete, and you know, people mm -hmm. used to put some uh, <clears throat> the sounds of trains or something. You yes. know, and, but uh, and that was there. But it, I th I thought that this was very different in a sense mm -hmm. that you actually instruct people yes. to do something, and uh, not to well impose is not a good word, but to impose your own idea mm -hmm. of the music concrete. Yes. Well, that brings us to an interesting uh, idea that surrounds your work. Uh, not all your work, but a great deal of it, which is the idea that the um, listener or the visitor to an exhibition needs to actually do something to finish uh, the work. And the wish tree, of course, is, is a good example of that, where mm -hmm. it doesn't really exist until someone adds a wish to I it. I know, isn't that great? And, yes. uh, and so uh, it, it's a wonderful thing to see the, the visitor to a museum or a gallery or wherever um, actually help create your work, uh, actually help create the wish tree. And also it's a very, um, I'd say that the interesting part of it, uh, for instance, uh, I I think it was today or was yesterday when, or yesterday, there was questions um, after the performance. And uh, uh, it, one uh, girl said, you know, what happens if I just left, you yes. know? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you did participate. You still participated. You still and uh, there was a, a work of mine that was um, a needle just sort of standing, and the title is Forget It. Uh -huh. <laughs> and you never forget it. Uh -huh, you never you know? forget it. So um, I think that uh, 
it's not the participation is not necessarily physical sometimes, mm -hmm. but, just but conceptual. Yeah, yeah, conceptual. But it becomes a participation because it's not just presenting something for people to observe, but to instruct them. Mm -hmm. Yes, and and that was one of the big breakthroughs I think in art in the late fifties and the sixties, and you participated in that was this idea that art could be an idea, yeah, yeah, um, sure. and it mm -hmm. involved you know pre-conceptual art and fluxus and uh, you know a lot of different movements at the time in in which art could be uh, an idea or an action, yes, uh, yes as yes, opposed yes. to mm -hmm. simply an object. Although you've made some very beautiful objects too that often come out of those. That's true. Uh, I couldn't help you know. A little sort of uh, old artistic instinct in me that you know, yeah. I have to make something too. Absolutely, and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious about something. Obviously, Imagine Peace is the is the name of your whole project. Yes, here in Washington D.C., and uh, the wish trees are part of that, mm -hmm. uh, but not the only part of it. And I just want to ask you about the concept of Imagine Peace. Uh, and you've you've spoken before about the difference between a wish and imagining something yeah, actually yeah, happening. Yeah. And I'd like to ask you about that well, difference and why imagine peace. Well, because you know when you're wishing something, you quite often think about the horror that you're in, the terrible situation you're in, and that's what you're visualizing. It says, "Help, you know, get me out of this." But actually. When you're imagining peace, it's an imaging thing. Yeah. In other words, you have to, your image and your wish has to come together. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, we'll always be just, uh, uh, the, the negative reality will pull your leg in a way, and you can't get there. Right. In fact, you're strongly wishing, you're, you think you're wishing a good life, but you're strongly wishing that bad life by imaging it. Mm. Right. So in other, in other words, to make it happen, you, it's not good enough to just wish for it. No, no, no. No, you have to start imagining where you want to be. Yes, yes. And that gets definitely. you there. So that's why it's, it's a good combo, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious what it means for you to do Imagine Peace um, here in Washington, D.C. Is there I an know. Extra, is there another it's resonance you know, to it? It struck me. It didn't strike me right away. I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go there and do it. Because I was doing all these other countries and everything. So I'm going to go to Washington. Okay. What? <laughs> you know, I said, Washington, D.C., is it going to be safe? Am I, is it dangerous? Is it just <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, that's me. I mean, I like a challenge, and I just thought, why not? <laughs> right. So, so it's been something very special for you. Very special, very yeah. special. It's just coming to the core of things in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I understand that the wish trees can be handled in perhaps two different ways. Uh, there's the idea of attaching a wish to the tree, which we now have in the garden, but there's also a whispering tree. Yes, um, yes. And I'm wondering if you could explain uh, what a whispering tree is. Because there was a, a situation, I'm very practical that way and realistic, there was a situation where they could not have a table and a, a pencil and you know that's for people to hang the wishes on the trees. And I said, okay, well, you know, if, if you can't do that. And the reason for that was because it was a kind of um, uh, rough district, 
and anything that you have there will just take them right away. <laughs> so they said, oh, well, what are we going to do about this? I said, well, just whisper in the, in the tree, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the tree is a very magical being. Uh, they're sort of, I'm sure that they're witnessing everything. I, I'd like to know what they're thinking, or I'd like to know if there's a diary of a tree or something. But anyway, uh -huh. so, you know, we whisper to it, and it's, in, in the 60s, we used to sort of hug the tree. Yes. We still do it. Yes. And, and the trees have been around for so long, some I know, of them, and they've I seen know. so much. I know. That so. uh, you wonder what they've seen and, yeah, right, and yeah. what they know. Um, I'd like to ask you uh, a, a difficult question, I suppose. Um, it's a question that sometimes is posed to, to artists. Um, your work is very much about trying to change things very often uh, for the better. Um, do you feel? Uh, that art really does have the power to change our lives, oh, to make things different. You know, because you're thinking that art is something special. I really think that all of us are artists, and whatever we do, uh, to uh, use our creativity is, is actually art. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, there's a certain snobbery about it in the art world, and so I say, oh, this is not art. Mm. But then Barnett Newman has one straight line. I said, well, this is not, and I have mm. to explain to you that, you know, historically speaking, this was very important. Oh. So you have to have a critic over your shoulder saying, oh, this is art, and it's very important. Mm -hmm. But there's so many art objects that we're making, making that does not get into <laughs> museums, mm -hmm. but it has its place. Yes. And uh, that's why it's very interesting that, yes, yes, definitely, art is uh, a symbol of peace. And mm -hmm. in that sense, because it's, it's a positive thing, mm -hmm. you know, it's not to kill something, but it's to, to actually have somebody, uh, something being born. Right. So for that reason, that um, it, will, it will heal the world in such a way so that a lot of things can be born. Oh, that's very beautiful. Yeah. It seems like a, a lot of your work, including the wish trees, do come out of a kind of Zen philosophy. Um, and it's kind of a meeting of, to some degree, of things that were going on in the West in terms of the development of, you know, abstract expressionism into pop art, into conceptual art. And surrealism. Things, <laughs> yes, surrealism. And things that were going on in the, in the East in terms of a, a, a kind of, uh, well, Actionism. In well, terms now of you're being a, a commentator or a critic. You see, mm -hmm. the thing is, from my uh, point of view, because I'm in it, right in it. So I really don't know what I am in that sense. Um, uh, when I go to Japan and I, you know, I show my work, they don't think it's Zen. They think it's uh -huh. extremely Western. <laughs> you know, very constructive yes. and positive or something. You know? Yes. Yes. So I, I really don't know where I stand, but I just do my best whenever I want to create something or well, I am creating things every day probably but uh, with the idea that um, I'm very thankful that I'm here now and and you know each time I just bless my work. Right. Thanks Yoko. Thank well you. it was nice talking to you.